Hi, I'm Jordan Laurel, and welcome to my show where we make the human experience magical through mental health, mindset, and manifestation. My story is one of radical transformation and rebirth. From depressed, disempowered, and dependent to flourishing within an incredible life I've created, this podcast is me sharing my process of overcoming and creating a magical human experience to help support you as you do the same. Tune in every Monday to feel empowered through stories, wisdom, and lots of super practical tips. Because I am proof, you can change your entire life and manifest a life beyond your wildest dreams. Welcome to the Magical Human Experience Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, friends. Happy Monday. I hope you had a wonderful and restful weekend. I, <laughs> I've i been recording my intros on Sundays lately, and this conversation, uh, it was recorded actually a few weeks back, but re-listening, I was, wow, <laughs> I was really, really invigorated and inspired and just left me so excited to share it with you all. I personally have gone through it (laughs) with my journey with my sexuality and I feel like a lot of people have as well and it's just not talked about which is doing such a disservice to all of us we all deserve better we all deserve the education and the conversations and the loving nurturing space surrounding this topic that we haven't had we really haven't had it and it's just starting to be talked about and I'm so excited for you guys to hear this conversation I enjoyed it so much it's maybe one of my favorite conversations to date on the podcast I was raised in a very and I go into my story a lot and as does Amy Natalie and I personally I, a lot of you guys know if you've followed the podcast for any amount of time, you will probably know. And if not, um, you'll learn a little bit in this episode, but you can obviously go back to some other episodes and I share some uh, on my story. But, you know, I grew up in a very, very strict, pretty much a cult um, religious background where women were extremely disempowered. Um, I basically was told I would always be underneath a man and submit to a man and a lot of things that were meant for good, a lot of teachings that were meant for good that were skewed in a way that left me living a life that was led by fear and shame, which consequently resulted in me being very disempowered for a lot of my life. And I have done so much work, so much work to break free to step into my power and to actually co-create a life that I love where I feel good, which I can promise you, the better I feel internally, the more good I do in the world. It is not selfish. And I will say this and shout it from the rooftops over and over and over again. It is not selfish to take care of yourself, to prioritize yourself and your healing. It is necessary, but I also do believe that an element of service needs to be there. It is self-care for ourselves and for service. You need both. You deserve to take care of yourself because you are a worthy human. 
You are worthy of joy, of pleasure, of abundance, of miracles, of ecstasy, of moments. <laughs> Miko's coming on to, <laughs> to second me here. Um, to truly thrive. You deserve that. And we are also here for greater purposes, to serve the collective good, to serve others, to lift them, to empower them, to love them. Love is something that has been on my heart and mind so much lately, especially in light of what's going on in the world, especially in light of religion. The heart of everything is supposed to be love and our egos combined with our pain and trauma are what prohibit us and hold us back from truly living from love. And so I have so much grace and compassion for those who are not living from love because I've been there and you're doing the best you can oftentimes and you are just enacting what you have experienced. But we can all do so much better and we all deserve so much better. And love is how we do that. And that starts with self-love. And then that is how it expands into love for others and the collective and the world and how we do more good. And this conversation with Amy Natalie was so powerful in that. Um, I had a lot of damage. I mean, my marriage was sexually abusive and he was a wonderful person who did not mean it, but being raised in that kind of environment did a lot of damage. And there's just so much damage being done and so the more we can educate ourselves and learn to truly love ourselves the more we can love others and this conversation was powerful it was impactful and extremely insightful with just what Amy Natalie shared in her journey and her experience and her wisdom when we prioritize our pleasure that is how we fill our cup to the point that we are brimming with joy that overflows onto other people and I I get it if you're listening to this and you're like cool (laughs) cold story bro um this is cheesy or this is weird or like this is too much I've been there and I have come to the other side from experience from actually being really loving to myself and prioritizing my pleasure and it's not to say it doesn't come without discipline or boundaries accountability is a huge part of self-love but pleasure is why we are here as humans we are gifted gifted with senses We have eyesight to enjoy aesthetically pleasing experiences. We are gifted with taste and hearing and touch, smell. Like pleasure was innately part of what we were meant to experience as humans. It is ingrained in us. We're meant to experience the beauty that this human experience has to offer that this world has to offer and I just thoroughly enjoyed all of what Amy and Natalie brought 
to this conversation in terms of pleasure and how it ties into sexuality and manifestation and how we can truly empower ourselves in this area because I think there's a lot of there's a lot of pendulum swings that happen when you know we are in one extreme and we realize it's damaging and then we have this visceral reaction and we're like okay fuck that we're going on the other side we're gonna do this and we do the opposite and we're like okay maybe this isn't as great as it seemed and so I personally have been finding more of a healthy middle ground of being in my sexual power where I am prioritizing my pleasure because I'm going to get it and you should be getting it too but how do we do it in a way that actually leaves us overall mostly empowered and not disempowered because I feel like some of the opposite reaction that we've had to being so disempowered sexually as women has then equally disempowered us where we are just okay so magic for this week I want to talk about element element electrolytes and I've talked about electrolytes before on the podcast I don't think I've ever had them as the magic of the week if I have I'm really sorry (laughs) I think I have short-term memory loss sometimes maybe not but I if I've shared them and I'm sharing them again they're worth it I don't think I have though I just have been really blown away at the power of hydration and electrolytes in our lives um and our energy levels and our just how we feel and show up when we feel good we do good And I didn't realize how essential salt was for being hydrated and electrolytes. And salt contains a lot of electrolytes. And Element is so clean and it's so portable and easy to use. They have little individual packets that I can take on the go. And I love their flavors. They have so many flavors. They are delicious my favorite right now is watermelon salt the chili mango is good it's spicy though so if you like spice you will love it if you don't you won't but the watermelon is like a very easy middle ground I just introduced my mom to it she loves it my brother actually has been an electrolyte fan I just found out that he's been drinking element for a while now actually and he's a big fan of the raspberry salt they have chocolate salt they have fun recipes on their Instagram but if you have not tried them highly recommend um I think I've mentioned Relate as well they're a really great electrolyte brand as well that I love but they're probably the purest that I've found that also taste really good um they also help with snacking you know I make a bottle of this and it's like instead of snacking and consuming calories that I don't need um oftentimes which you know lately sometimes I've been having really not great things for me like Jolly Rancher Starburst things they're I don't know what they are but they're like candy not the best thing for me sugar's not good I really try to keep my sugar intake low but um pop pop a packet into a bottle and it like satisfies that sweet tooth craving and just also is a bit satiating in terms of fullness levels while also keeping you so hydrated my energy levels have been noticeably improved because I've done it like weeks on weeks off I notice the difference in my energy levels and also if you guzzle a bottle of electrolyte water before you go to bed after having a couple of drinks I guarantee you from personal experience you will feel better the next day noticeably so so I hope you guys enjoy if you try and yeah that's this week's magic welcome to the show Amy Natalie 
Thank you. I am so excited to be here. I'm excited to connect with you and dive into all the fun and juicy topics that are going to come through today. I know. Likewise, I've been following you on Instagram for quite a while. Fun little fact. I don't know if you knew this, but I found out about you through Scout Sobel, Mm -hmm. who I had on my podcast a couple months back, but the whole reason why I have a podcast is because of her. She coached me on how to start my podcast. Like what's a jingle? Um, you know, how do you publish all that stuff? So, um, I had only heard great things about you. I followed you from her and I just, I love what you're about. I love your content. I ha- I love your recent episodes on your podcast. Um, and very, you know, synergetic with what I've been actually working through and thinking through and experiencing in my own personal life. And I was like, this is so aligned. So I think it's going to be a really great and relevant conversation. Mm, I love when things line up like that. That means we're doing something right. (laughs) No, the more I am in my power, in my feminine flow, like I just feel like things have just been falling out of the sky into my lap, like aligning perfectly. It's been a little mind blowing, but very, very enjoyable and exciting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that really is the, the magic that is available when we do learn how to tap into our power and live in alignment with our authentic self and really infuse more of this feminine energy into our lives. And and we aren't taught to live this way. We're taught to live in a very more linear, more calculated, more logical way. And what I found in my experience is that it ends up leading to us feeling disconnected from ourselves. And in my case, it really impacted my mental health, my physical health, and led me to a place where I was like, am I going to keep living like this? Like there has to be more to life than this. Like I can't be struggling so much and like, this can't be what I'm here for. And really that, that is where my spiritual awakening happened in my late twenties and the path that I've been on since then. And I know because I follow you as well, that you've been on quite the journey too. Um, (laughs) and here we are to let our listeners in and hear more about, yeah, the process of how to, start living in the feminine way and to be able to experience more ease and flow and magic in your life too. Yeah. It's, I'd love to hear your thoughts because I've been personally feeling that, um, manifestation is primarily a feminine energy, like the masculine flows from the feminine with it. Um, but I just feel like the more I have tapped into my authentic self, the more aligned I am with myself, the more I am in my feminine, like the more I've just been manifesting like magic, (laughs) it's been crazy. So I'm curious what your thoughts are, or if you have any, um, on the connection between like feminine energy, manifestation, alignment to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, that's, definitely how I experience it is that with feminine energy, it really is about embodiment. And when you're embodying your authentic self, your vibration and your frequency is naturally going to be higher and you're going to be able to magnetize and attract faster than if you are constantly in your head, doubting yourself, questioning yourself, being hard on yourself, judging yourself and being in this frequency of unworthiness and also pretending to be someone that you're not like, of course, that's going to be a different frequency and people are going to feel that the universe is going to feel that. And while manifestation is definitely a feminine energy, it requires both. So there's a lot of teachers online. There's a lot of spiritual, you know, 
ways of thinking about manifestation and the way that I teach is both. We need the practical and the magical. We need the the masculine and the feminine where it's like, okay, yes, we get to surrender and we get to trust and we get to be in flow and in pleasure. And the more that we're in those spaces, the more that we can manifest. And we need to take aligned action. We need to take inspired action towards the things that we desire. And usually one of those aspects are missing. Some people end up being too far in the feminine and some people end up being too far in the masculine. And then it's like, why is this not working? Um, But yeah, I've totally had that personal experience. The more of me that I am, the more authentic I am, which doesn't actually mean happy all of the time. It doesn't mean like always, you know, in bliss, it means experiencing that, but it's like the more real I can be and the more me that I can be, the more magnetic I become. Yeah. No, I resonate with all of that. I think for me, like, this is actually something I heard on a podcast, you your on your podcast actually recently, um, that I resonated with. I'm curious if you think, um, it connects to manifestation as well, but I think your guest was saying that her, her practical, her masculine, flows from her feminine though so like the the feminine energy would be like the intuition like connecting to that first and then from that the practical inspired actions would come because I definitely have I was all masculine for a lot of my life it it was a weird uh, we'll get into this it was a weird like um you know dynamic that I had going on with masculine and feminine but I was mostly trying to create from a masculine energy and then I went way too far to the feminine because of some of the teachers actually that you probably are referring to where it's like you're not doing anything it's just energy and it's like no we live in a 3d world we need to like actually do shit um and I feel like I finally found a balance but it definitely I feel like my masculine kind of when it ties to manifestation flows a bit more for the feminine's leading me, but maybe that's just because I'm a woman. I don't know if it's different for men, maybe. Mm -hmm. Well, this is really how I see the new paradigm. Like the old paradigm is based in logic first. Like you have to know exactly how things are going to work out. You have to do the right thing. You have to take the steps, the predictable way, the, the path that you've been told is safe and secure. And the the other way, the new paradigm is about living a soul-led life and allowing your soul to guide you and then taking action from that place. So yeah, inspired action, aligned action is very different to forcing and pushing and hustling. And again, we need the energy of effort. We need to put in energy towards the things that we want to manifest. But mm-hmm. if it's coming from the place of misalignment and we're not tuning in. Oh, does this actually feel good for me? Does this feel inspiring? Does this feel expansive? Does this light me up? And if so, then I'm going to take action towards that versus am I doing this thing because I feel like I should do it because it's going to get me to my next goal. It's going to make me more money. It's going to, you know, get me to have more success in some way. And so I'm going to do it because I think that's the way that I should do it two very different energies that we're approaching life with, right? And so, yeah, I definitely feel like taking that time to tune in and slow down and connect to your intuition, to your pleasure, to your joy and creating your life from that place. Like we were never taught that that was the way to do things. Like we were like taught to ignore your emotions and you're too sensitive and you're crazy and, you know, don't listen to your feelings. Just do the thing that you're supposed to do. 
Mm-hmm. And then no wonder we feel depleted and depressed and disconnected because we aren't listening to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's so, it's so wild to me too, because it like, there's so many like one size fits all approaches to life that we're fed. And it's like, we are all so different. Like, why would we think that that were just like, okay, sure. There's some like, you know, overarching wisdom that tends to ring true most of the time in life, but like, it's just wildly against, you know, us being unique creations. Like it just, uh, yeah, it's so mind boggling. It's, but okay. Well, actually I'm interested to hear your thoughts on the patriarchy and control and things like that, because I, I feel like, I mean, I was raised in a very conservative Christian upbringing basically a cult. Um, and I, women were extremely disempowered. Like I was always, I was told that my entire life, I was going to be under a man's authority. I would be passed from my father's to my husband's. And I was always to be in submission to a man. Um, I was not allowed to, you know, do certain things. You know, there was a lot of like allowed or not allowed women were not supposed to lead. Uh, there was just, you know, and and men would handle all the practical things. Uh, women were supposed to, you know, be more housewives. And, you know, it was a very disempowered feminine energy. Um, and I'm, I think it came from control. I'm curious what your thoughts are on all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's helpful to to come back to like the root of how did we get to this place and how how did we become so disconnected from ourselves and become so disempowered and you know we all grew up in a patriarchal society from religion and then also capitalism and lots of different ways that society teaches us as women the role that we're supposed to play and what we're capable of and what we're allowed to do what we're not allowed to do what we should dress how we should behave how we should talk and these are not things that are necessarily always spoken to us but they are implied and so we subconsciously by observing our mothers by observing what women in society are doing we actually internalize this patriarchal programming inside of us and we don't even know that we're doing it. It's so deeply rooted and it's ancestral. Like this goes back to our maternal lineage. This isn't just like in our lifetime. And so I believe that the time that we're living in right now is the feminine rising. There's a huge shift happening, which is like this unlearning and this dismantling of the good girl programming of the, this is how you are supposed to act, how you're supposed to behave. And if you do that, then you're good. And if you're good, then you'll be accepted. And then if you're accepted, then you're supposed to be, then you'll be happy and life will be amazing. Mm -hmm. But what we know is that when we're living in the good girl role, we are suppressing our authentic true nature. Mm -hmm. You can still be a really good person. You can still be a nice person and- wear certain clothes and enjoy pleasure. Like this idea that pleasure is sinful for women. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like- yeah. That was a big thing too. <laughs> oh my God. I was still deprogramming a little bit. I've gotten almost there, but yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a really deep one. And we have so much shame as women because we think if we do these certain things that are natural, innately part of us as feminine beings, then 
we are going to be bad. We're wrong. We're going to be shunned. We're going to be, like you said, if you come from a certain religious background or even just a family culture that disapproves of certain ways of being, then that means that there's something wrong with you and that you're going to be like our subconscious mind has this, um, survival mechanism that believes mm-hmm. that if we don't behave that way, then we're going to be outcast from society. And it literally feels like we're going to die. And anyone who has been through a big identity shift, whether that's changing jobs, whether that's getting divorced, whether that's leaving a religion, what whatever your journey is, that process of changing your identity, they call it an ego death for a reason. It literally feels like you're dying. Mm-hmm. It feels Definitely. like you're not safe. It feels like it feels like you're not safe. It feels like the world is falling apart. It feels like how am I going to survive this? Mm-hmm. And it's it really is this internal process of learning how to trust and learning how to know that you are divinely supported, even if like some people don't like you and if some people don't approve of you, like. And the more that we can, like we were talking about before, be our authentic selves, the more that we actually attract the people who love us unconditionally, who support us unconditionally, who see us for like the light and the the magnificence that we are. So true. I've been seeing this ring true so much in my life. And I've actually been having quite a few conversations surrounding it. Um, cause I've been just doing so much shedding and deprogramming the last, th- last three years, I guess it was, um, I went, I was in a, a, you know, very controlling abusive in some ways marriage, um, and in, you know, rel- uh, serious religion and then left that left both, um, and then was in another relationship and then, you know, left that in the winter and just have been really like just deprogramming, deconstructing. And it was so scary. Um, I lost a lot of people, uh, but I am so grateful because it taught me these lessons. And it taught me that when I let go of what's not aligned and I prioritize my alignment to my authentic self above anything else, like life just gets more and more magical. I have magnetized so many incredible people that are truly like soulmates, you know, whether, you know, whatever type of relationship it might be. Um, soulmate doesn't have to be romantic and it has been such a lesson to trust. Like you're saying, um, it's been nothing but more and more exciting. And so I've just been talking about it more and more because so many of us, um, like you're saying about our primal brain, like we feel more safe with the known, even when it sucks than we do with the unknown. Cause we just don't, it's unknown. So it seems scarier, but for me, like I found so much joy and magic in the unknown, you know, when, when my commitment to being my most authentic highest self is my guiding compass through that all. Um, so I, I totally relate. And, you know, I guess for anybody listening, like trust the process, keep going. Like it's scary, but, um, this is, it's the most rewarding work, which, I mean, I'd love to hear a little bit more of your story. Um, cause you know that you're where you are now helping women, find this and create this for themselves because of, of your own journey. Mm, Yeah. Thank you for sharing part of your story. And I so resonate with so much of what you just shared. And the the word that's coming to mind for me is liberation. Mm -hmm. And there is nothing more freeing in my experience or more liberating than living in your truth and living as your authentic self. And even those words, as I'm saying them, it's like, to even describe what that means and what that looks like. And for someone to fully embody that, it takes so much courage to say, hey, 
I am no longer willing to play the role that society wants me to play. I'm no longer willing to be this past version of myself. And I am willing to lean in and take the courageous action like you did to leave relationships that are abusive or that are not supportive or that are not in alignment with your highest good. And doing that with the faith and with the courage to say, I deserve better and that I'm going to create that for myself. Like that is empowerment right there. And yeah, I have a a similar story in many ways. I grew up in a more traditional Jewish upbringing and there I ended up at the age of 25. I was married. I was living a pretty white picket fence lifestyle, which for some people that actually is contentment for them in some ways. And for me, the spiritual evolution path that I'm on, like, that's not what I came here for. Not in that way. Um, not in the default setting. And so I was living in a life where I felt really suffocated. I felt really stuck. I didn't feel alive. I felt really numb. I felt really depressed and I was on multiple different medications for mental health. And I was really struggling and I kept waking up being like, there has to be more than this. Like, and I, I I had this internal dialogue, like, why can't I be, why can't I just be grateful? Why can't I just be happy with what I have? Like what's wrong with me? And eventually I got to the place where it was like, actually, it's not that there's something wrong with me. I'm like that square peg trying to fit into this round hole. And I'm like, it's not working. And so through that process, which was the most challenging decision I ever made, I left my marriage and I, you know, felt like I was going to disappoint my entire family. I had married someone who was Jewish and kind of like the ideal person that my family would want me to marry. And while he was a really nice person and treated me well, I was not fulfilled. I was not expanded by our connection. And I didn't really know who I was before I met him. I met him when I was 23 years old and I evolved a lot during that time. And so by the time I was 27, we separated and it was a really deep process that had kind of this mixture of feelings. It was like this deep, deep grief that I had never let myself feel before. I'd never experienced before like this deep loss of like my old identity, my old life, Mm. yet this this liberation and this relief that like is indescribable where it was like, Oh my God, I'm like coming home to myself and I'm feeling my power and I'm experiencing joy and, and really enjoying my life. Like when I was depressed, I used to not be able to say like, I love my life. I was really struggling. And I remember as I started to live in alignment with myself, I was like, Oh my God, I love my life. Like I love my life. And <laughs> from it, it was a it was a long journey, but eventually I came off antidepressants and not there's nothing wrong with antidepressants. I'm really grateful that they exist and that they're there in times of need. But like my spiritual journey and the emotional intelligence work that I've done and, and where I am now in my relationship with myself and with a higher power with the universe, with God, like. I feel so clear on my purpose. I feel so clear on like what brings me joy. And I'm so devoted to that. And that's what I heard in your story too, is like being devoted to truth. 
like above all else, like Mm -hmm. that is where the freedom comes from. It's, I'm just like getting chills right now because first of all, oh my God, our stories are so similar. (laughs) I literally met my husband when I was 23 as well. Didn't know who I was. Um, I also was literally having this conversation with somebody this morning and literally said, I think that being in alignment to your authentic self is like the best, best or greatest form of freedom. Like, oh my God. And this stuff just feel, you feel so good. I feel so good lately and I can't even explain it. And it's like, I feel like this is the quote unquote good news that like was supposed to be coming through or intended to come through in religious texts maybe. But, um, I'm like so excited for you and your journey and just how did we not meet until now? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I would love to get your take though, or maybe your advice. So for those who are maybe resonating with this and just like, I want that so bad. I feel that I feel like I'm not in alignment to myself um, or my relationships. I can't be my authentic self um, or in my job. Like they're just, it's not it. They're feeling the internal struggle. How did you support yourself? How did you leave behind or, you know, deconstruct your good girl programming? How did you support yourself through that? Um, You know, what advice would you have to people who are resonating with kind of where we're at and wanting to kind of support themselves in getting there. Mm -hmm. Well, I first want to celebrate you for being here and listening to this podcast. It means that you are already taking steps in that direction. It means that you are directing your energy and attention to new ways of thinking, which is huge. Like surrounding yourself with evidence of what's possible is such a big part of manifestation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And whether that's reading books or listening to podcasts, like seeing the evidence that it's possible through other people's stories is so, so potent. So even that you're listening, that you're spending time here, devoting your time to your personal growth is huge. Um, You know, the next layer that really supported me was working with a coach and a mentor and learning the tools to connect more deeply with myself. And not just relying on a coach and a mentor to show me the way, but it accelerated the process and helped me to see things that I didn't know were possible. Mm -hmm. So I had a lot of blind spots and I couldn't really see a lot of my limiting beliefs and I couldn't really see what my vision was for the future. Like if you had asked me, well, I know you're unhappy, but like, what do you want? I was like, I don't know what I want. Like, I just don't want to be how I feel Mm -hmm. right now. And then through different visualizations and guided practices and journaling practices, I was able to start to really connect with, okay, who is this future version of myself and who am I becoming and what is it going to take for me to get there? So I think having guidance and mentorship is huge. Mm-hmm. And then the the other piece that, which is really where I start in, in my book, we really start with deepening your devotion, which is daily practices which is connecting with yourself, whether Mm -hmm. that's through meditation, through journaling, getting out in nature, doing breath work. Like when they say all of the answers live within, I do really believe that your soul already knows the way. Mm -hmm. And the more that you can spend time listening and tuning in to that inner wisdom, the more clarity you're going to get. And this is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. So letting go of needing to know the answers or exactly how this is all going to work out and just like continuing to come back to your intuition, continuing to come back to your daily practices 
and surrounding yourself with other like-minded people is mm. so important because if you're still stuck in the same environment and you're you're not connecting with other people who are on a similar path, it can feel really, really lonely sometimes. Oh my God. Amen to every single thing you said. Um, I, I'm curious, you know, what, what was going on in your life um, and how, what expanders you had in your life when you were, uh, you decided to get divorced. I know for me, I, you know, I, and this is the thing, like I, the universe, I so believe that as well, that the universe is always supporting us. Like I took risks on myself starting a blog, even though I was so made fun of and like, you know, got lots of, you know, just negative feedback and all that stuff. Um, I did it anyway. And it ended up bringing me to New York a lot for events and meetings. And that's how I started meeting other women and realizing like, oh, wait, (laughs) there's a lot of stuff that's off and not right. And also just shitty about what I'm tolerating right now. And that was kind of my expander, what got me to like, get the support I needed to actually start to break free. I'm curious what it was for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I was reading a ton at the time. I was just like obsessed with personal development. I was like trying to find the answers. And I think self-help is more like what I was looking at is like, Mm -hmm. how can I help myself be happy? Because like nothing else that I'm doing is really working. And this is after like years of therapy, which was supportive, but I wasn't, I was still feeling really stuck. Um, and so I started to look at, you know, other methodologies, spiritual tools, practices, and I was reading a lot. And I remember specifically one day sitting at a coffee shop and I opened this book and I read her name is Melissa Ambrosini. You might know her. She's kind of like an OG in the health and wellness space. Hmm. Um, she's written quite a few books and, I was reading her story of being in a, she wasn't married, but she was living with her partner at the time and about how unhappy she was and the leap that she took to leave that relationship. And then how she met her current husband very soon after that. And just like all of the magic that unfolded afterwards. And I remember like dog earing the pages and just being like, oh my goodness, like if this woman can do this, I can too. And like, look at what's possible. And so I started to look for evidence of examples of women who had walked the path that I was on. And I started to do more activities that I enjoyed. I started, I did a yoga teacher certification. I met a bunch of people through that certification. I, I continued to, you know, just follow my passions. And in doing so, I, started meeting people who had similar passions and interests. And the beautiful thing is now is that there is a lot of that available online. Like there's different communities online. And I feel like going to in-person workshops, retreats, like anything where you can get into the room with other women is so, so helpful because when we are, yeah, giving our mind information and, and hearing how other people think and how other people speak and just like getting that, absorbing all of that and being in the energy and the frequency with other women, like it is so freaking powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, I love everything you said again. <laughs> um, I think something that stood out to me that I think is worth highlighting is the attention that you paid to your happiness and unhappiness. And I don't, it blows my mind. Maybe you know why. 
why are we so trained to ignore our desires or and like I even think maybe some from religion I know in my religion our desires were like desperately wicked like our heart was desperately wicked and I was trained to literally distrust myself and my intuition and my inner guidance and wants and needs like so toxic so unhealthy so the opposite of how things are supposed to be um so maybe that's where it stemmed from but I even know people who aren't religious who struggle with this like but my desires are literally my north compass like I trust if I want something or if I'm not happy like that's the only sign we need to like be like oh hey maybe this is not right for me why don't we listen to that I don't know do you have any thoughts Mm -hmm. I think it's a combination of things. One of them is, is really the way that our brain functions. We have this thing called the negativity bias, and it's actually designed to protect us. So mm-hmm. our ego is constantly surveying our surroundings to try and keep us safe. And anything that feels uncomfortable or anything that feels unknown is going to be a threat, even though it's not actually making us unsafe. Like if you're going to walk out into the middle of the street, your ego is going to be like, don't do that. Right. Or you're going to step off a cliff. Like you're going to have a physiological nervous system response, like stop. Mm -hmm. When we are faced with, oh, am I going to follow my passion? I'm going to post that blog post or oh, am I going to wear this outfit? Or am I going to go to this social event? We have a similar thing that our our brain is constantly serving, like, is this dangerous for us? And if we haven't done it yet, and we don't know that it's safe to do, and then add on top of that, we've been told by our society Mm -hmm. and by our parents Mm -hmm. and like the programming, like, don't do that. It's not safe or don't do that, like we don't approve of that, then we can't listen to our desires because our brain is so focused on trying to keep us safe. So we want to definitely acknowledge that like our ego is there for a reason and it's trying to keep us safe. And a lot of the work that I do with my clients is working on understanding these protection mechanisms, working on understanding the role of your ego. And instead of trying to make your ego go away, it's like, how can I become friends with my ego? How can I understand how it works? And then how can I kind of outsmart it? And in doing so, really developing this muscle of like listening to your soul and leaning into faith and trust versus into fear. And that's like a, an inner battle that we all have is like the soul versus the ego. And, and our soul is where our desires live. And I, I feel similarly to you. Like, I think Amanda Francis says, this is like, our desires are on our heart for a reason. Like there's a reason why you desire, whether it's freedom or why you desire to follow your passions or why you desire a certain type of relationship, like that's your deepest soul desire. It's meant for you. Like you're meant to have that. You're not meant to suffer. You're not meant to struggle. And I think the more that we can even ask ourselves, like, what do I actually want? Because I know when I first got that question asked to me, or like, I, I want to, I, one of the exercises I did was like, write down 10 things that bring you joy or write down 10 things that bring you pleasure. And I was like, I don't even know because I'm so used to doing the things that I feel like I'm supposed to do and I'm not really listening to what brings me joy. And so I had to really be in this discovery of, okay, 
if other people weren't telling me how to live my life and if I wasn't just constantly people pleasing all the time and trying to live up to these impossible standards, what would I actually want? What would make me happy? And it took some deep searching to to learn that and to figure that out. And so we are disconnected from our desires because we're not taught like follow your heart, follow your dreams. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not what we're encouraged to do. <laughs> I mean, Disney kind of does a little bit, but I feel like there's so much other toxic programming in Disney movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And, and no, that's such a great point. Like it really does challenge our sense of internal safety and it takes a lot of emotional resilience to kind of do this work. It's, it's, it's a lot easier said than done, especially if you haven't done that. You haven't really stepped into, you know, your personal power, um, especially emotionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is such a great segue though, maybe into pleasure and sexuality. Um, I would love to chat a little bit about both with you. Maybe, um, I think prioritizing pleasure and why that's so important is something I'd love to chat about. Um, and then let's start with that. Yeah. And then I kind of want to segue more into sexuality with that. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I mean, what is the point in life if we're not going to enjoy it? (laughs) Like that, that's like the root of pleasure. It's like doing things that bring you joy, doing things that light you up, doing things that feel good. And so many of us are so disconnected to how things feel because we're living what I call like from the neck up, which is all like the masculine. And we're so disconnected from our bodies that sometimes we don't even know what am I feeling right now? Like we can be so numb and so checked out that we, and so addicted to like false, like dopamine hits that we're getting, but it's like, Ooh, how does this feel in my body? Because we feel pleasure through our senses. And mm-hmm. I like to describe the difference between sensuality and sexuality. These, this is a really powerful concept mm-hmm. that I feel makes a huge difference. So sensuality is as, as human beings, we have our five senses, technically or six because our intuition, but if we're talking about our, our physical senses, our smell, our sight, our taste, our touch, our, you know, hearing and when we can actually be present with those senses, for example, like my favorite drinking a warm matcha latte in the morning, I can do that really mindlessly, or I can like really savor it and taste it and like really enjoy that warmth and that, that sweetness. Right. Mm. Or like even a warm fuzzy blanket, like really having that textured experience where you're enjoying it when we're not present. And when we're disconnected from our senses, it's really hard to feel pleasure. And so we can start to experience pleasure through our sensations without even having to be sexual, which sexual then becomes, okay, this is like a sexual energy that is running through, you know, my, my sexual organs, it is turning me on. And that is really beautiful too. And when people are so disconnected from pleasure, I like to start with sensuality, like, feeling the your breath as it comes into your body. And I have one personal example that I really love as I started to tune more into pleasure is I was traveling and I was <laughs> riding on a motorcycle, my own like scooter in Tulum, Mexico. This was part of my like nomadic free spirit mm-hmm. chapter. Right. Oh, and wow. I'm riding, I'm like ri- riding back from the beach to, to my apartment and 
I feel the sun just like beaming on my skin and I feel the wind like blowing on me. And I just had this moment of like, wow, like this feels so good. And right after that moment was when a huge spark of creativity and inspiration came through where I, which ended up being a lot of the, the concepts in my book, but it was like, oh my God, like we need to be tapped into this pleasure and this aliveness. And it allows us to have that creativity and that radiance and that magnetism when we're connected with our pleasure. Mm, Oh my God. I love all of that. Um, especially, you know, I feel like, and I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, alcohol or whatever, you know, people might want to do, but I think you're right. Like there is such power in presence and I am not really present a lot of the time when I'm, you know, drinking and, and, or doing things that basically give you like these false hits of dopamine. Um, it's it, a lot of them. I feel like disconnect me from myself and the present moment. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with them and they're fun, but it's, I think that awareness is so important. Cause I think we don't, we think certain things are pleasurable, but it's not true pleasure. Uh, and true pleasure leads to gratitude and this insane like high vibration and I also the same like simple things like watching the sunset on the ocean like I get so creative I get inspired and it's just it's just such a yeah so much good comes from it um I love that you also distinguish between sensuality and sexuality um and sexuality is also such a huge part of pleasure and it's still i feel like so stigmatized especially for us as women and i'm curious if this is something that you maybe give more guidance on in your book and talk more about um cuz i i just there's so little education and i feel like so many women are trying to break that stigma and seek pleasure and seek to be sexually empowered. And I just experienced this myself in this last season where I was like, I'm going to go have sex. I'm going to enjoy myself, prioritize my pleasure. And I did. And I had a great time. And I also came out of it being like, this was kind of more like fast food, like eating French fries. Like, yeah, casual dating and casual sex is pleasurable, but I just found like it wasn't really truly honoring to me um and truly leaving me feeling in my power like it felt powerful to be like I'm gonna if these guys can have sex and not get attached like why can't I like why can't I do the same exact thing and I did it and I was still like I just it's not honoring our wiring it's not honoring how meaningful and intimate an act sex is and it also wasn't honoring just my worth and value because you're you're you can't be treated well in these dynamics. Um, and so I feel like there's just so much, you know, to, to talk about on this topic. And I'm curious, maybe what your thoughts might be on what the solution might be, because it's like, well, we are sexual, we have needs, you know, but also like, I don't really want to fulfill my needs that way anymore. Just like these transactional experiences, like I actually am seeing how beautiful and valuable it is, you know, and what I want is the true emotional safety, the being treated with respect, the intimacy in other ways that, you know, makes that type of intimacy so much more beautiful and meaningful and safe. And like, yeah, I'm, I just spilled a lot. So (laughs) do you want to take it from there? Yeah. Um, I, I love that you just had this experience and that you, you know, felt the freedom to explore in that way. And in that exploration, you're like, oh, wait, this 
actually isn't what I want. And it doesn't feel as empowering as I thought it might be, or in some ways it did. And in some ways it didn't. And, and sometimes we need to do things to learn like what actually feels good for us. And I think exploration is, is so important. And the number one thing that we as women first, especially when we're exploring this conversation about pleasure that we get to look at is shame. We all have sexual shame. I've worked with hundreds of women and the, the depth of sexual shame that we carry, whether that is from religious trauma, whether that's from sexual trauma, whether that's from societal messages of how women should behave and not behave. It's like, it's interesting. We have these two versions of society where like we get this messaging about like, don't be too sexual, but then we're like hyper-sexualized from like porn and in the media and all of that. And so it's freaking confusing. Mm -hmm. And so the more that we can come back to the root and understand that sex itself and pleasure itself is not bad and wrong. There's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with it. It is an innate human normal function that literally brought every single human onto this planet. Like it is life force energy without it. it, Yeah. Without (laughs) it, nothing exists. Right. So coming to the understanding that Eros, which is life force energy, sexual energy is natural. It is part of evolution and it is the stories that we attach on to our sexuality that become disempowering. And the stories that we have about ourselves and our bodies of being unworthy or like modifying our bodies so that we look sexy or that we feel sexy and all of these deeper programs that we have about like, oh, I'm bad if I have sex or I'm slutty if I have desires or like all these different messages. I mean, we have so much like messed up programming and we're not a victim to that. Like that is part of our past and we're rewriting, even in just having this conversation, we are rewriting the narrative that you are allowed to have sexual desires. You are allowed to have sexual energy. There's nothing wrong with that. And it's actually really beautiful and it's sacred. Mm -hmm. And when we can learn to honor that and respect our bodies and be really intentional with who we are sharing our sexual energy with. And one of the things on my journey that I really had to learn is just because there's attraction and just because there's sexual energy doesn't mean that you have to have sex right away. And what I found is that the sooner that I had sex, and I'm not saying there's like a calculation or a timeline that this has to go by for anyone, the sooner that I had sex, the sooner that I got into that like attachment pattern and gave my power away versus slowing it down and being like, huh, is this someone that I trust? Is this someone that I feel emotionally safe with? And it's so fascinating in our culture, what you talk about like fast food sex, where it's like, you meet someone at a bar or you meet someone out. And then like, before you know it, you're like naked and like your bodies are touching and you're like, what? Like, how (laughs) is that even a thing? Like we don't even do any screening and like your body is sacred. Your sexual energy is sacred and being really intentional about who you share that with that allows us to reclaim our power around our pleasure. And, and I think that's the biggest shift that gets to happen and it doesn't need to be a game like I'm not having sex with this person until they prove this this and this it's like okay does this feel safe in my body and does this person feel like good to share my energy with and if so then like I get to decide that and I get to enjoy it 
Um, so yeah, it, it's so complex and layered, but I feel like that is really the, the foundation is like looking at our relationship to pleasure, looking at our relationship to shame around our sexuality and like being really intentional and treating our sexual energy as sacred. You know what I think is so interesting about what you shared? Um, the, the shift that happened from caring about what other people think to caring about ourselves, Cause it was like, I was, I, you know, I didn't have sex until I was married actually at 24, um, because of religion and, you know, it just, it, it was, you know, kind of, as we were talking about, like there was a stigma, but it was actually portrayed as bad very bad. And it was also just wild to me that I was expected to think of sex as bad. And then all of a sudden on my wedding night, I was supposed to be, you know, this sexual creature. Um, a lot of stuff that didn't make sense, but anyway, um, but it was all about the, the sexual, um, the holding back, not holding back, but just, well, yeah, holding back restraint, you know, abstinence. There we go. Um, was all about what other people, thought, what religion said, what other people said. Um, and then, you know, the pendulum swung and I was like, well, fuck that. You know, I don't agree with this. Um, you know, so I'm going to break free, but the more I have gotten in touch with myself and developed a really deep love for myself, respect for myself, the it's funny how I've come back more to like, oh, I don't really actually want to like, just go, you know, fuck for fun because I value myself so much. Like I, I need to feel safe. I need to feel safe emotionally and physically in my body. Um, it's, so it's just an interesting shift how like before it was from, it's all about other people and what other people think. And then once you kind of come home to yourself, build a relationship with yourself, honor and respect yourself, then you really do start making these wise decisions. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting shift to call out. Totally. Yeah. And I think that's what empowerment is. It's like the, the power from within. So like, this is a choice that I'm making because it feels aligned for me versus like giving our power away to what society and what other people think is right for us. And yeah, it, it, I, it is such a personal individual journey. Like your journey was not having sex until, you know, you got married and I was in the like rebelliousness of that and had sex at a very young age because it was like, so it, it was more like not talked about. It was like so shameful that there were just like in, in my religion, it wasn't about like, you're, you're evil, you're bad. If you do this, it was just like, it's wrong. Like you're not supposed to do it. And um, yeah, I think that, you know, now the, the intimacy, like from that place of connecting to my own body and feeling my own pleasure and being intentional about who I share my energy with, like the, the intimacy that I get to experience in my partnership now is like cosmic. It's so deep and it's so rich and it's so like, there's so much variety and it's just this kind of like never ending like dance of pleasure and it it fuels so many other areas of my life like it's not just about sex it's like oh when i'm feeling alive and turned on and when i have this like deep intimate connection like that gives me energy in my life and my creativity and my work like it makes me feel so good in other areas of my life too so it's not just about like the sex it's like oh where does this energy get to be 
channeled into other areas. And I do want to share a really cool practice with you. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of it before, but it's called sex magic and it's a manifesting practice that we can use with pleasure. Can I share about it real quick? Please do. (laughs) Okay, cool. So essentially sex magic is about using the energy of pleasure to manifest and call in your desires. So this could be done individually in your own self-pleasure practice, or it can be done with a partner. And essentially what we're doing is getting to the place. You don't necessarily have to reach orgasm specifically. And if you haven't had an orgasm before, there's no problem with that. It's really about feeling pleasure in your body. And when you're at that peak of that pleasure, then it's bringing that energy up, breathing it up to, you can call it your third eye or to your crown chakra. And when you're in that space of pleasure and you're feeling really open and feeling really good and alive, it's thinking about and visioning, what are you creating in your life? What are you calling in? And so for example, right now I'm launching my book and I want this to reach thousands and thousands of women. Like this is like my deepest desire right now is for this message and this wisdom to be shared with the world. And so as I'm like intimate with my partner and like in that space of so much pleasure, it's like bringing that energy in and being like, yes, like this feels so good as if it's already happening. Like it's already here Mm -hmm. and we can do that with anything. Like you can, you can call in whatever you want. And if nothing else, it's just fun. Like it's like bringing in the magic and, and connecting the dots between like your desires and your pleasure. I love that. I've actually done that, but I've never tied breath work into it. But I've tried to tap into that incredibly high vibration and like set that intention and have like the brain heart coherence while I am, you know, feeling so much pleasure. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit like, what do you, I mean, obviously you're not doing this probably when you're in bed with your partner, but like, what do you do um, with the breath work when you do tie that into it? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can totally do it with a partner and my partner is super like into woo and embodiment. And so it's helpful. And like, no one, ha- even yeah. when you're in breath, we're like, no one has to know that you're like breathing the energy up your spine and imagining oh, okay. it going to your third eye. So like it can okay. be really subtle like that, but you can definitely tie breath work. I mean, that's a lot of tantric practices is like moving energy with your breath and bringing breath into your pleasure practice. So I think it's really interesting because also in our culture, we have so much stigma around like sound and like expression. And that's a lot of the work that I do with my clients around like embodiment work and in really tapping into your, your authentic expression. It's like, we don't have to be like quiet or we don't have to be like, you know, Ooh, breath work is weird or making sounds is weird. Like when we're intimate, if you're being your authentic self, like it actually fuels the pleasure in with your partner. Um, and again, that comes down to emotional safety and like intimacy with a partner. Um, that feels aligned. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And, and going, goes back a little bit to what we were saying about like, just freedom, feeling free to be yourself. I love it. Um, mm. I guess two last things here as we wrap up. Um, one, I would love to hear your advice to maybe women who are also kind of experiencing this, you know, they're trying to break free and be in their power um, and really tap more into their sexuality and pleasure. But also, like I realized, you know, our energy, especially our sexual energy, is so potent and powerful. I don't want to just be giving that away, 
you know, without it being a space that feels safe to me and is really going to enhance my life and support me. Um, what do you recommend for when you really, <laughs> you're like wanting to have more pleasure, but you're not wanting to be like cavalier about it. And you're just not finding guys that are fitting the bill. Mm -hmm. Focus on your own pleasure, like cultivating your own self-pleasure practice. And whether that's a sensual practice where you're not actually, you know, in a masturbation practice where you're just like really connecting to your body and like massaging yourself or like giving yourself light loving touch. And you're creating like a yummy experience for yourself with like a bubble bath or a candle or like music and like really romancing yourself, like being in that experience of self-pleasure, like that is the energy that is going to manifest and attract the right type of partner into your life anyways. And so like the other aspect of this is in order for you to have really deep, intimate pleasure with a partner, like you have to know what your body wants and what your body needs. And we do that through self-exploration, which again, when we have shame around our pleasure, we can have a lot of stigma around self-pleasure and it really going into the body and learning how to be connected to your pleasure and your body, it is, it is a, a process and it, it does take a lot of that deep inner work of working through some of these deeper fears and, and misbeliefs around pleasure that we need to work through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I can totally um, support you in saying that when you are focused on self-pleasure and creating pleasure within yourself, you magnetize really great things. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's just a win-win more pleasure, more pleasure in every area of life. Um, last thing I'd love for you to share a little bit more about your book and when it's coming out, what you talk about in it, you know, especially anything that kind of ties back to topics people would want to explore more after this conversation. Mm, yeah, I would be delighted to share more. So my book is called The Feminine Way, and it's about reclaiming your feminine energy to create a life of pleasure, aliveness, and vitality. And so pretty much everything that we talked about today, it's about living from your heart, from your soul, from your body, reconnecting to your authentic truth. And coming back into harmony with your masculine and feminine energy. And when we do that, not only do we create more peace and more happiness and more joy and more magic in our own lives, but then we have the capacity to show up in our romantic relationships, in our soul calling, in our purpose, in our businesses, in our careers, in our friendships, in our relationships, in the way that we relate to nature and to our planet all of that shifts and it starts from within. So really the the feminine way is about unlearning the, the old paradigm, the toxic paradigm, which is what we've been talking about today and really coming into this new space of living a soul-led life. And yeah, throughout the book, there are seven feminine codes that we dive into. And we talked about a few of them today, prioritizing pleasure, awakening your intuition, deepening your devotion, living in alignment with your cyclical nature. Like there's so many aspects that we talked about and 
these are all have both personal stories. So you get to hear some of my stories, some of my client stories. And then there's also really practical tools that are going to teach you the practices of how to come home to yourself in this way. Um, and lastly, I've recorded some really beautiful guided meditations that go along with the book that you get for free with the book as well. So um, it really is like a deep dive of reconnecting to yourself and creating your life from this place of pleasure and alignment. I love that. And the meditations are probably also helpful for anybody trying to do some deprogramming around like feeling shame around, you know, being sexual with another person or with themselves. Um, cause I, I've explained this a little bit before, but like we remove that analytical mind and we're just so much more suggestible to like new information. So I love that you created meditations to kind of go along with all of this to help support those who are really trying to kind of shift and empower themselves. That's really amazing. Mm, thank you. Yeah. I feel like on my journey, you know, there's a difference between reading something and listening to it and actually embodying it and feeling it and experiencing it. Like there's, that's how we grow. Like we can't, we, we can intellectualize a lot of things, but doing the guided practices is, is really where the work is. Like it's called inner work for a reason. You've got mm-hmm. to do something. <laughs> it's true, yeah. but it's so rewarding. It's so feel good. Like it's, I always, am just, every time I really work on myself and work through things that are coming up for me, I'm just, it, I just feel great after like it. Yeah. It's, it's the kind of work that you want to do. Mm-hmm, totally. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for sharing your beautiful energy. And I'd love for you to just, you know, wrap up here with where can people find you? Mm, yeah. So um, first I'll share about the book. Uh, you can find out about the book on my website, which is amynatalieco.com. Um, it will be available on Amazon as well, starting on November 11th. So you can search for The Feminine Way. And then another place that you can find me is through my podcast, The Feminine Frequency Podcast, or on my Instagram, which is Amy Natalie Co. And I would love to connect with you personally. So if there was something in this conversation that really resonated for you, that you found supportive, please drop me a DM. I'm a real human in there. I respond to all the messages and would love to connect with you there. Oh, I love that. Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on. And I will have everything that Amy Natalie just shared in the show notes with links. Um, if you guys, that's easier for you guys to find her. Um, and I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. Mm, Amazing. Thank you again for having me.